From the LiveX studios in New York City, Cheesehead TV brings you two guys who like to think they know something about football. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Packer Transplants Live. I am Aaron Nagler, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Corey Banky, my partner here at Cheesehead TV. I am coming to you live from the Cheesehead TV podcast studio in New York City. Corey joins us from Green Bay, Wisconsin, across the street from Lambeau Field, and we are ready to talk some Packers. What do we have on tap today, Corey? Today, we get ready for the Packers to shock the world in Detroit on Thanksgiving, but right now, it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. We got the good, we got... Jordan, 300 yards, love. We got the bad, we got... The running game. We got the ugly. We got injuries. So many fucking injuries. Oh, my God. 17 dudes on the injury report as of yesterday. Finally got some designations, some updates. We'll get to that, obviously, here in a little bit. But, my God, so many injuries, Banky. It's ugly. It's depressing. It's It's very depressing. It's not great. But we are not going to fall prey to that depression, Banky. Never tell me the odds going into Detroit. The asteroid field that is Detroit. We're going to pilot that Millennium Falcon. We're going to come out the other side. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. I'm ready. Uh, I'm also ready for something else. You ready for this, Banky? Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Yeah. (laughs) That was funny. That was perfect, actually. Oh, yeah, it's the hotness, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, it's Thanksgiving Eve. Whatever happens, it's all good. We're going to make it work. And we're probably going to lose. Oh, sorry. Did I say that? Would you stop it? Stop it, Banky. Point of order, sir. I will not have it. (laughs) This negativity, Uh... this dourness. No, sir, not on the eve of the game. We are going to go know, in I, there. I am very dour. I'm very dour right now. That's a really good That's a really good um, turn of phrase. No, I'm, a, I'm very dour. I'm a wordsmith. I, I'm, I'm a dour. man of letters. Very dour. I don't like it. Hmm. I'm dour. I'm a, I'm I, I saw a that injury news. Carry the G. I saw that injury news, and I just wanted to cry. <laughs> well, let's get to I the I am news, excited Patrick we? Taylor's back, though. That is exciting. Well, there is a lot of news, so let's get to it. Uh, Starting with the Packers listing 17 players on the injury report. 17 dudes. That's a lot of dudes. Um, And to Corey's point, the Packers have signed Patrick Taylor off the Patriots practice squad. Patrick, of course, started the year with the Packers and was elevated three times and then promptly allowed to leave uh, rather than um, bring him on long term. Though they did sign him for one game and then release him and then signed with the Patriots practice squad, but now he's back. You got to think, obviously, his familiarity with the offense and their familiarity with him made that a bit of a no-brainer after the injuries to Emmanuel Wilson and, of course, Aaron Jones. Um, Other roster news, lots coming this afternoon. Bo Melton and James Robinson were signed to the active roster. Bo Melton, the practice squad wide receiver who the Packers picked up off waivers last year towards the end of the season from Seattle. He's a he's a burner. This kid's got some serious wheels. 
Uh, and James Robinson, the former Jaguars running back who the Packers had on their practice squad earlier this season, and then cut him and then now have brought him back. He is uh, on the active roster. And then the news that Corey saw prior to going live that really got him all upset and despondent, Luke Musgrave and Emmanuel Wilson placed on injured reserve. The reporting around Musgrave is insane, man. He suffered a lacerated spleen during the game. Crazy. Like when he stretched out for a ball from love, fell on the football, lacerated his spleen, and finished the game. He played like 16, 17 more snaps after that, including like one where he gets tackled, the one where he makes a catch. Like it's in these big, you know, blocks in line. Like talk about a tough SOB. Uh, you know, Musgrave spent a little time in the hospital. Now he is out of the hospital, thank goodness, but he is on injured reserve. The recovery time is a little bit different for everybody, but you got to think five to eight weeks. So there's a good chance his season is most likely done. But we'll see how that transpires here over the course of the second half of the season. Um, continuing with all the Packers news, the Packers have elevated Henry Pearson and Benny Snap Sap. Sorry, Benny Sap. Uh, Pearson's a fullback, though. Really, he's more of a move tight end kind of guy. We saw him this summer. Uh, he can't block a lick. So he should fit right in with the Packers. Yeah, he'll tight fit end. right in with the tight ends. There you go. And uh, Benny Sapp was elevated uh, recently, and this will be his second elevation. He's a safety. He'll help out on special teams most likely. Uh, of course, a lot of this is like pretty kind of getting you down kind of news. Here's some fun, Appreciate happy that. news at least. Aaron Jones avoided long-term injury. I got to admit, Corey, when I saw Jones on the cart, I thought, is that his last game as a Green Bay Packer? That was literally my thought. And because no one knows what's going to happen this offseason, anything could happen, but it sure sounds like Jones will be back this season. So that's good news. Apparently, an MCL injury, uh, nothing long term. Um, and then finally, Darnell Savage designated to return off IR. He started, quote unquote, practicing, though there's barely practice this week. Uh, but he will not be playing tomorrow. Uh, he's already been declared out, uh, the injury report arriving just before we went live. Uh, Savage is literally the only guy listed as out. It's a couple of their questionables and doubtfuls. But, uh, yeah, Savage won't play, but he has started his 21-day window wherein the Packers can activate him at any moment, which I think will most likely happen before the Chiefs game, but we'll see. Also, so that's there, your Packers news, Corey. There, there, there's some news on there that um, didn't get put in because of the producer of the show. Is there's some news that Corey Benke contributed to the script five things tonight, and so <laughs> five old things, five, five actual, notes, ladies and gentlemen, five actual sentences. We see, and in the past. and and by the way, interestingly, interestingly enough. Uh, did yeah. not get included in the script until uh, one said talent showed up and looked in the script and had to get them in there. Well, what's interesting, interesting is in that the works. past, when when one of the co-hosts has wanted to or like deigned to make notes prior to the show, they've done it on a piece of paper that they've then shown to the camera and never shared oh, yeah, yeah, those yeah. notes about that. in any possible kind of you know way that. that the other producer would know, oh, hey, I should go look there, and then I can incorporate said notes. But, you know, having never done that before... The producer probably didn't know where to look and probably wasn't Got aware it. that there were notes to be included. So that, Got those, it. Those, that makes sense. That might be Incompetence that makes sense. It, it's, that might be it. what happened. 
I understand. Yeah, exactly. Lack of process, I believe. Is, also, uh, speaking of incompetence, there. tomorrow at Watch Party, yours truly will be producing and starring in the Watch Party. So get ready for some more incompetence from your friends here at Cheesehead TV. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Although, you know, you say that, but you used to, you used to produce this show while you were on camera. Yeah, and how well did that go sometimes? <laughs> Some days were better Especially when certain co-hosts would forget to push the record button. I'm not going to say who. I don't know what you're talking about. Or when uh, people would mute you're... things, and then you'd have to wait till the comments on YouTube like 15 seconds later to be like, I can't hear you. That was, it was great. great. Those are great times. That was times. great. Those are fun, fun times. Don't you miss that? That was a good no, time. No, I don't. <laughs> All right, should we talk about the Packers offense, or do you want to keep Yeah. Drinking? Packers offense right, is good. I like good. it. It's 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 pretty good. It's it's coming aboard here now late in the season. I kind of like where they're headed. Jordan Love, his first 300 plus yard game. I mean, incremental Sorry. progress, right? How many what they clips did, on Sunday? did we see of people saying Jordan Love? The New York Times posted Match Nightman's uh, article about did the Packers find their quarterback of the future? I mean, it's like mm -hmm. one good game. We've all been waiting to file these articles and articles and TikToks <laughs> and all kinds of things right. about how great. I mean, you were you saw everything we saw from Jordan last weekend. You've seen all season. It's just it felt like he kind of put some stuff together and he actually won a game at the end. Well, he, so. And the offense, right? I mean, that's the other thing. It's like Matt always says it. it. There's 10 other guys working with him on this thing, you know, and they also elevated their game and played more consistently. And lo and behold, yeah. They moved the ball and they scored some points. It's funny how that works. But I don't think it's, you know, telling tales out of school or being disingenuous to say, and I kind of talk, talked about this on Daily earlier, earlier this week, you know, you look at Jordan Love, that stretch between, say, the Lions game through the Broncos game to the Jordan Love and the quarterback we've seen out there from the Rams game to the, you know, Chargers game, it's a pretty different dude. Like, yes, the other guys around him are playing – better and more consistently and that's certainly helping and i do think matt has changed some of his approach but for the most part i think jordan love has improved right before our eyes and he's playing better and more consistently right now than he was say a month and a half ago and i don't think that's a shocking statement i think and that's a good thing that's what we want um well we'll see tomorrow's gonna be a buzzsaw i'm very interested to see yeah. how he comes out and how the offense comes out um, speaking of the offense, do, the, do Corey. the Packers. Yeah. So, so this is something I was thinking about in the uh, Patreon happy hour and it just kind of mm. struck me, but like, do the Packers have a number one wide receiver? And if so, who is it? And the reason I say this is not to pick on any one person, but just to say, you know, it's kind of a good thing that the Packers don't really have a number one. They got four guys who are kind of coming up at the same time. It's really kind of exciting. And I, I just think, you know, it's something that I haven't personally thought about, but I think, you know, all the detrimental things of having a not having a number one and not having wide receivers that have played before or that much. I mean, Dobbs played last year, Watson played last year, but to not have guys that played together, it's kind of a good thing. We're seeing them all kind of grow together. And at some point, you got to imagine that's going to be a powerhouse for this Packers team. Maybe not this year, but at some point. I mean, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. And I love the idea of defenses not being able to cue on anybody, right? Um, I love every one of those guys. I think Wicks, Reed, Watson, Dobbs, they all have, you know, their moments and their things they bring to the table. 
I'm really encouraged that Wicks hasn't been declared out for tomorrow's game because I do think he's not, maybe not got the special sauce, and I don't think he's number one per se, but it's clear that you know Jordan looks for him. Uh, when things break down, he's always kind of available, right? He always finds kind of a hole in the zone. In fact, let's take a look. I think we – in your – Hurry, your 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 your. Uh, yeah, we your never showed the hot eagerness. <laughs> your eagerness to uh, uh, chastise we played the your co-host. We played the hotness, you, uh, but we didn't play. You the ran video. right over so uh, the fact that oh, we were going to show Jordan Love throwing That's to Wicks. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh, sir, sir, go back and look. Well, here we go. We got Jordan Love escaping the pocket. Look at this, and then square in the shoulders. I like that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure. Tom Clements wasn't a huge fan of throwing back into the middle of the field, but hey, it worked. It was productive. And again, there's Wicks, right? Making himself available. You look at the structure of the play. He's breaking open. He does a good job of continuing to make himself available. Some guys would have, you know, maybe drifted or tried to like throw, run back up field or what have you. And Wicks stays with it. And that's good for your quarterback. So, yes, that is hot. That is hotness. That throw is hotness. Love do to the see it. do the Packers have four good offensive linemen? Can someone can someone mm. answer this? Do we have four? Okay, don't even get me started on do we have five? Because I there's no way on God's green earth we have five. La- last night in the Patreon happy hour, this also hit me, and I was like, you know, we keep talking about let this guy play and let this guy play, and then I was looking at the depth chart, right, and I was like, wait a second. There aren't five good guys on here. Holy crap. Are there even four? Somebody answer this for me. Now, here's the question for you, Mr. Benke. Yes. Are they only good if you've seen them produce, if you've watched them with your own two eyes? Or can guys that we've not seen or perhaps not seen since training camp not be good? Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. So, so Yash, okay, I'm going to give it up for – okay, let, let's start with the best offensive lineman we have, right? That's not named David Bakhtiari. Elton That's Jenkins. Elton Jenkins. Can everybody right. agree on that? Okay. Then That's I would good. probably yeah, give it – then I'm going to give it to, Zach to Yash. I would give it to Yash and well, Zach Tom. All right. Okay. All right. Whatever. So there's three. That's okay. three. Those, th- that's right. three. Okay. Um, okay. I'm not touching Ron, I'm not touching Runyon or Newman with a 10-foot pole. We're just going to put them in the bad category. <laughs> okay. Rashid right. Walker's in the gray category, right? So he's mm-hmm. gray, right? I'd say Caleb he, had, he Jones, probably had a better game than Yash Nyman yep. on Sunday. Well, and I, I think Rashid Walker, I think his stock is rising. He's just he's probably one of the younger ones. Yeah. Caleb Jones, yep. we don't know anything about, right? We don't know nothing. Well, that's he's exactly who I'm talking about when I say, like, we don't really know. I mean – I mean, Yash Nyman was sitting on the sideline for two years until he started in San Francisco in week three a couple years ago and then went on to play a bunch of tackle for them at a pretty damn high level. It's like I, every time I've seen Caleb Jones, he's looked pretty damn good, but he but can't like, are dress you, for So, So that leaves. We we agree on three good ones, okay? And then, yep, three good, you know, three good so far. do we think Sean Ryan is good or not? Is Sean Ryan in the same place that Rasheed Walker is right now, kind of in this gray area, potentially ascending? Gray, potentially... yeah, yeah, very gray. So that, so we have three good offensive promising, linemen, which is which promising. is sad. He's promising. It's very sad. It's very sad. He's promising. You didn't even mention Josh Myers. I love that. Like you're just Josh Myers I is mean, like out of your. Josh Myers is so fucking offense. dead to me, bro. Josh Myers has been dead to me for like a year. Seriously. He's played better. He's played better. Uh, he's been more consistent. He's not yeah, a, he's played the best of his pro. career. <laughs> all right. All right. Relax. According to Goody, 
and uh, coach. Yeah. He's played and the best Stenovich. of his career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I kind of feel like the problem is is that we mm-hmm. – in. I think I, I think this is the problem. Okay, this is one problem with the okay, Packers right now. Give it to me. What's How the problem? How come we all – ooh, look at that purple and pink – Little, it's little, beautiful. Uh, little... I know. I was just, I was just enjoying that. How, how come, how come this is? Somebody explain this to me. Why do we always? Why don't we just get a good offensive line coach and we always like elevate them before they've really done their what they're what they need to do? You know what I mean? It's like Stenovich. It's like you know, he just gets elevated right away and like I don't know. It's like I think that's our problem. Too much elevation of the offensive line coach. <laughs> Too early. <laughs> I think that's very a very simplified look, way to look at it. I think well, there's just there's not enough time for the gel to to the team to gel with the offensive line. Well, coach. and there's a, a matter of what's available and who are you throwing out there as far as starters and or guys you're wanting to develop. There's reasonings behind like who's playing, who's not, who's getting the reps, who isn't. I think there's also the case of yeah, like Stenovich looked like a great offensive line coach when he had a bunch of talent given to him. Uh, then he gets you know, the, the gig as an OC. Now everyone's down on Butkus because they're struggling at times. But I'll say this, like, there are tons of moments that you can point to with any offensive line where a guy gets beat or doesn't have a great rep or whatever. And because we as Packers fans have such a robust community, especially as content creators, people covering the team and things like that, when Josh Myers has a bad play or Runyon misses a block or whatever – Everyone points it out and everyone cuts it up and puts it on Twitter. But no one cuts up and puts out their good plays, of which there are plenty. Plenty. So it's like we have this kind of group think mentality as Packers fans where it's like, I remember seeing those awful plays. That guy must be awful. It's like, eh. I, I agree know, with you. Just I feels a little over you. the top. I agree with you, but what's not over the top is that I just went through our whole fucking offensive line and we agreed that we only have three good ones. Okay, so three good ones. Like, minutes. you're right, but at the same time, we should have five. Well, like, what the fuck what is, is going this on? Season? What is this season about? It's about development. <sighs> it's about looking at our team and trying to, you know, find the talent and find the guys worth developing. And that's what they've been doing with Rashid Walker. Maybe, hopefully, Sean Ryan gets into the mix here in the second half of the season, right? So now what is the goal? To grow your offensive line. The best offensive lines are grown organically, internally. Like going out and getting guys in free agency is always great in the spring and everyone gets all excited, but it's always, always better to grow your offensive line from within, which is what the Packers have done by what utilizing 13 draft picks over the last couple of years on offensive linemen. Again, we have no idea what they have in guys like Caleb Jones, like none No, because they haven't been able to see the field yet, but they did a pretty damn good job with Yash Nyman. So I, you know, as their program is, I think I'm willing to be patient. And yeah, that means we're going to be frustrated sometimes on Sundays, but that's part of the gig when you're having this kind of reset of the roster, which is what 2023 is all about. That's my take on it. You're right. In the moment, yeah, probably three good ones. You know, I feel like two guys that are ascending. To, we're not going to do this, but I really feel like we need to get a free agent center next year, but I, it's not going to happen. So I know it's not going to happen. Gonna happen. But I really would be happy if we could do that. Well, I wouldn't hold your breath. Let's put it that way. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's Tucker Craft time, by the way. It is time for Tucker Craft. What's crazy to me is that this kid was really starting to look like he was 
you know, putting it together a little bit. Like they're obviously usually have been using him a little bit more. I mean, getting more snaps, getting more reps. And now he's going to have to be a focal point when it comes to whatever they want to do with tight end in this offense. Uh, you know, Musgrave, he's out for the foreseeable future. Josiah DeGuara is doubtful for tomorrow. I doubt he's going to play. So we're going to have Pearson, who they just called up. You're going to have, uh, you know, the guy they got off waivers from the Vikings this summer. And it's going to be the craft show, most likely. And hey, what a time, right? Let's go. Let's use Tucker Craft a little bit. I loved his run after the catch ability there against the Chargers. Might need that in Detroit tomorrow. Who's I just think the it's, Lions, a, it's, a, it's a good who, time. Who's the Lions' best defensive lineman? Hutchinson. Okay. Their defensive I end. guarantee – here's what I guarantee tomorrow. Tomorrow there will be a play where Tucker Craft mm-hmm. goes in motion and is asked to oh, block God. Hutchinson. I guarantee it. I guarantee it's going to happen. You are most likely correct. You are most and likely And he is going to completely whiff on the block, not because he's bad, but because he's being asked to do something that's a dumb. <sighs> There's a good Thanks, chance Adam that's going to happen. Yeah. Thanks, Adam Stenovich. That, Appreciate good, it, buddy. That's a good chance. Wait. So, wait. So, that's Stenovich's fault, but not Lafleur's fault? How does that work? I mean, well, it's he's LeFleur's the offensive offense. coordinator. He is, but it's Matt's offense. Everything is in service to Matt. So, okay. Matt's calling the plays. Okay, who, I don't no, I know I'm Matt LaFleur doesn't know what that I'm means. Not trying to, you know? I'm not trying to not blame LaFleur. I'm just saying that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's all. I'm just, I'm all just right. making You're an observation. Right. And I, okay, so we're going we're gonna to steer away from the negative, and we're going to oh, go okay, to the positive. Sorry. I just think we're it's gonna funny. Say, I just think it's funny when I gonna, see it, I'm going to laugh. Yeah, and then we're going to give A.J. Dillon some praise because, Ooh, look, yeah. you could not move for love or money the first like month of the season without people talking shit about A.J. Dillon. I couldn't go on the radio. I couldn't do a Packers daily chat without at least two or three questions. Of what's wrong with AJ? What are they going to do about AJ Dillon? Why is AJ Dillon still on the team? We should cut AJ Dillon. And now AJ is playing his fucking ass off. I mean, not just between the tackles, not just what he's traditionally kind of asked to do as far as toting the rock and trying to get hard yards, which he has been doing. But there's a play against the Chargers where everything's covered downfield. Jordan Love goes to A.J. in the left flat as the check down. A.J. like trucks three dudes to get a first down. You know, it's like it's little things like that that are going to help you stay ahead of the sticks, move the ball, keep you kind of in advantageous situations. And now suddenly I'm never asked about A.J. Dillon. No one ever – I don't get questions on daily. I'm not asked about it on the radio. So I just want to say – AJ Dillon is kicking ass, and I'm really happy to see it. I agree. Good stuff. I uh, I think there's some times where AJ Dillon looks. I think I said this on Watch Party. He kind of reminds me of Dorsey Levens when he catches the ball. Yeah, in the passing game, I see that definitely. Um, do you have anything else in offense that you wanted to talk about? <laughs> You're so polite. What happened you to like you? That? Yeah. What do you I, mean? I I'm always polite. I, who are you right now? It's so weird. I feel like like there's a. I feel like the way that Lambeau Field is lit up, it's like there's a fire behind Lambeau Field. It's like ah, oh, it amazing. Um, <laughs> I have a question for fans. Um, I was something I was yeah. thinking about that kind of came up, and I was thinking about this, and I don't know. I don't know the answer, but it kind of vibes like this: Is the Packers' offense more conservative than it was when it started this season? And is there any evidence to support it? 
field goal attempts versus fourth down tries. It's just something I kind of been feeling in my gut. Like I feel like over time, these these last few games, the offense has gotten a little bit more conservative in a good way, right? Um, and I wonder I wonder if the evidence bears it out. And of course, I have no evidence to support that. I'm just saying it to the ether. But um, what do you think, Nagler? That's kind of our whole show, isn't it? We don't have uh, evidence to support any of this. We we just oh, go by our gut. I know, but I it's know there's all evidence. It's all there's evidences. It does there's feel evidence. that way, though, right? I think you're right. And what look between the end of the first half in Pittsburgh, where you and I were both aghast going into halftime with two timeouts, minute left, you don't even try to push the ball down the field, uh, and then the end of the game against the Chargers, where Matt Lafleur himself called himself out he said that's on me you know like sh- probably should have been a little bit more aggressive there but look and i think i talked about this on what on happy hour last night like i get that the first well, i forget the first month that four game losing streak where they could not move the ball in the first half let alone score points i think lafleur decided okay i have to button it up a little bit and bring these guys along a little bit slower now I don't think he's gone into a shell or anything. I mean, they're still throwing the ball down the field. They're still doing everything you could probably possibly want on offense as schematically, you know, concept wise, but decision-making to your point, trying a field goal rather than, you know, pushing the ball on a fourth down, whatever. I do think there's a little truth to that and it does feel right. But yeah, to your point, I don't have evidence for it, but I do understand it. For a coach who's like, you know, coming off a first season in town where he didn't make the playoffs, and then you're sitting there having won, what, two, three, now four games, you got to pile up some victories. You're trying to give yourself the best chance to win. And I understand with a young team where a lot can go wrong, you never know who's going to make a mistake when. I kind of understand the end of the Chargers game. Yeah, I'm going to run it three times. We're going to punt. We're going to play defense. I don't hate that like yes is it frustrating as a fan in the moment do i want him to try at least try to pick up that first down on third down yeah no doubt about it but i get it man i understand intellectually no 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 we're gonna button it up we're gonna run it three times we're gonna make the chargers use their timeouts we're gonna punt away and the percentages this is basically what you're doing there right you're playing percentages the percentages are in our favor so even then took the chargers dropping a ball up the right sideline for that to work you know but i get it i understand it it's frustrating in the game but again pulling back you're a coach you're trying to win ball games you're trying to do the things that give you the best chance to win those games i think getting a little bit more conservative makes a lot of sense which is why i wore this hoodie tonight by the way all gas no fucking break tomorrow that's what i want to see you're playing with house money Lafleur. You're playing with house money. Let's go. I love how I, I know. asked you a question I'm that I was going to get like I'm trying one to make minute, it and then into you, the you Packers Easter. dailyed me with that answer. You turned into yeah, Packers well, daily you know. on that answer. It was funny. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help you out, buddy. I'm trying to give you a little knowledge. I'm never answering you, asking you a, little... you a question on this show ever again. <laughs> Very good. Uh, should we talk about the defense? Yep. Your favorite subject. Your favorite let's topic. Your favorite side of the ball. Let's 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 be honest. Um, I was, yeah. I was looking at the Packers I mean, depth chart and I saw that there's an all, outside linebacker called Brenton Cox Jr. And I was like, who the yes. f- is that? No idea. <laughs> Zero clue. He's undrafted kid. He had a good camp. He hasn't dressed, I don't think, also, outside of Also, who's like, Robert one Rochelle? Game. Never, never heard of him. 
a cornerback that they uh, picked up yeah, off I know waivers it's a from, or no, from the yeah, practice exactly. a practice squad edition from the Carolina Panthers a couple weeks. Ago. Also, Christian Welch, never heard of him. Never heard of him one time. There you go. Just it's crazy. Me. It's crazy. Wow, look at that sky. Holy moly. This Packer transplants is this is some crazy stuff. It looks even better. Holy crap. It looks pretty nice. It's very <laughs> orange. I like it. On defense, Carl Brooks is ascending. Let's get this kid more snaps. I mean, yeah, he had the sack, but not beyond just the sack of Herbert last week or on Sunday. Uh, he's playing well in limited snaps. This kid is playing well. Get him out on the field. He had a couple plays against the run where he absolutely dominated the guard for the Chargers. I mean, look, the uh, the Lions have – they're down. The one guy that they're going to be missing tomorrow. I love that the Packers are out like probably 10 starters at least. The the Lions have one starter down. It's a guard. Like, can we get Carl Brooks over to this guy and make his life hell? Because this kid is ascending, and I want to see more. You know, everybody on the chat who's saying, like, I don't know who Packer players are, I guarantee you the four people I mentioned, you don't, you've don't, you never heard their name before, okay? Not you, Nagler, just the people well, watching the show. This is my point. Right. It's a, it's a point that I'm making. I don't know. I think some people in the chat are probably – heard about because they do follow this stuff religiously like i do but i i'm i have zero doubt there are plenty who who also don't yes i'm there for the people who don't and i'm i do follow religiously (laughs) but i'm there for the people who don't that's that's who i am that's what i'm about also never heard of zane anderson i'm telling you right now like he made a big special teams tackle on sunday i do i do vaguely remember that but after but besides last weekend i you could have said zane anderson and it would have been like oh who's that they picked him up off waivers from Buffalo this summer, and then he was promptly like injured and missed a ton of time, prompting uh, Tyler, uh, our social media guru, to start a campaign that Zane Anderson wasn't a real person, uh, which prompted Cassidy Hill to interview the actual real Zane Anderson in the Packers locker room and make a video about how he was a real person. So, Got it. That's the influence you have, Banky. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to tell you here. All the Got influence. It. Um, hey, you know how I'm not a big Joe Barry fan. I'm I'm not, you know, high on Joe Barry. And I often malign him both during the game and during the week. I am here to say Barry made a good adjustment at the end of the game. I, I gotta give I gotta give him you know, throw him his flowers, give him some props. I, if I'm gonna bitch about all the stuff I don't like about Joe Barry, I do wanna, you know, Talk him up, so to speak, or point out when I think he does something well. Uh, even though the single high safety stuff was kind of scary, as evident by the drop pass up the right sideline, <sighs> I will give him credit for the adjustment he made those last two drives when he had not every single down, but he had Quay Walker spying almost kind of a mush, mush rush on Herbert, who had absolutely killed the Packers all afternoon with his legs. And you could tell Herbert wanted to take off, at least on two of those plays, only to see Quay Walker shadowing him. And then he thought he had second thoughts. So that was an effective adjustment from Joe at the very end of the game when they absolutely needed to have it. And we have had many games where, okay, the defense needs to make a play, needs to seal the deal, and they haven't done it. And on Sunday they did. And in no small part to that adjustment that Joe made. So, like I said, if I'm going to bitch about him, I got to give him props when it's warranted. And that was absolutely warranted. 
I hate to interrupt your monologue about Joe Barry, but I'm going to go take a picture, picture of Lambeau Field. But before I do that, I want to drop this knowledge bomb on Packers fans. Drop this knowledge. Okay. And anybody saying Peter Bukowski knows things, he knows lots of things. He studies this stuff for a living, so he's already told us. Um, so, hey, you guys, Packers defense right now is ranked 10th in points, you guys. 10th. That's crazy. No one no one believes it, but it is the truth. And I'm going to go take guys, I'm going to go take a picture cuz I want Nagler can monologue about this real quick. I got to take a picture of Lambeau Field right now to post on Twitter. And so uh, I'll be right back. That's how we roll here. I'm not going to monologue. I'm just going to sit here in silence until Corey gets back. And so, you know, obviously that's why the Packers ranking 10th in points per game is a total fallacy. So how was it? Did it look as great Ooh. in person? Oh was God, it as amazing, amazing as you hoped? I mean, what's crazy is what you don't see is like there's this like other purpley. It's like there's like red purple. and purple. I mean, it's crazy. You can see it in this. It's even more purpley. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. You're going to retweet it. A, I know. That You're looks like a painting. Yeah, You're going to retweet this, buddy. Uh, the rookie corners, they're taking their lumps. And God help us. I'm scared for tomorrow. Um, Jair is you know, a questionable. He was questionable going to the Chargers game. Uh, I'll be surprised if he plays. I'm hoping he does. Because, whoo, baby, Valentine and Valentine. I know we're having fun with their names. And Valentine's all, you know, energy's up and all this stuff. But, man, he had, like, three or four plays against the Chargers where he tried to get up in guys' grills and, like, get physical, and he completely whiffed. I mean, just whiffed. Can't have that tomorrow, dude. That, it's going to happen. Ugh. You know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm glad I chose right. that moment to take that picture. I'm going to be honest with you because it's gone. The moment is gone. This is what happens. I know, exactly. Moment. It's magic it's, hour, you baby. To, you got the magic hour. You have hour. to take the moment. I know I hope everybody I hope everybody is patient, and I appreciate it, but uh, I'll appreciate everybody retweeting this picture when I post it after the show. <laughs> Thank you. It's very good. Uh, Thank you for Previewing the Packers-Lions game tomorrow. The Lions are seven-and-a-half-point favorites against the Packers, according to FanDuel. Seven and a half. That's a significant. That's it. Number. <laughs> Seems low. I thought it'd be five. I thought it'd Seemed be five low. or six. Seven. I thought it would be half. fourteen or like thirteen. Twelve point five. You're Seems crazy, man. We're not the Panthers. Come on now. <sighs> Lord, we're not the Giants. Your negativity is really, really pissing me off, Banky. This is the Green Bay fucking Packers, man. You know what? Seventies. Okay, okay. I love how you're so optimistic during transplants, but then come watch party. Oh dear. Then we got. Oh hey. Who did who did Ken call out at happy hour last night? Wasn't me. Hmm. Who did Ken call out during watch party? Wasn't me. 
Yeah, Who's because you, I'm, I'm I'm a, I'm negative one time. You're negative all the time in Watch Party. I'm like, never negative. It's like Ever. you you unless can't it's a three man stop rush, then talking shit about Joe Barry in Watch Party. Basically, that's, that's correct. That's that yeah. correct. I just that's gave negative. the man props. I just gave the man props for one adjustment, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, it was helped win the game. That's pretty good. He that's, made that's, an adjustment. He did. I mean, usually, remember the Steelers game. We're making adjustments when they brought the safety down. It was like, and then the Steelers went, oh, okay, we'll run away from the safety. By the way, that dude, the guy who made Joe Barry look incompetent in Pittsburgh, got fired this week. That's how bad he is at his job, yet he looked really good at it against Joe Barry. So, yeah, I'm going to talk shit about Joe Barry. Yeah, but here's the thing. So how do you square that with we're 10th in points? I, t- I just went on a whole monologue about that, dude. No, you you have to listen to the listen to the podcast. Right? I have to go back and watch myself take a picture. I ain't going through. All I'm that just again. saying, like, how do people square this away? It's 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 okay. A, it, it's real easy. I mean, simply, real simple. Uh, teams can run on us, right, uh, with impunity. So the yep. games are shorter. So they just take all this time, and then they end up in an end zone. They don't need to do it to land on thirty points. They can do it and land on like twenty points. Which, you know, across the league, that's pretty average, a little better than normal, blah, blah, blah. But if you're an opponent, yeah, I'll just bide my time. I'll just take what they give me. I'm going to go all the way down. It was like I was joking with the USC game. It's like USC just let them go. Hmm. Like Kept letting UCLA just, okay, keep it all in front of us, keep it all in front of us, all the way into the end zone. So that takes time. So there's hmm. not enough time because they don't allow big plays, although they actually secretly do. So then, yeah, people aren't scoring a ton of points. Well, great. They, They're still winning. It's annoying, man. It's just annoying. I don't understand how that's an. I don't understand how that's annoying. Here's the thing. Let's 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 take a little look at the teams that uh, have good defenses. San Francisco 49ers, number one in 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 uh, points allowed. Oh no, let me do total mm-hmm. points. Sorry. Hey, total points. San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs, Dallas Cowboys, Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, Buffalo Bills, Pittsburgh Steelers, New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Green Bay Packers. Okay. And those are all pretty what good. What is that teams. list supposed to What is that list supposed to tell me? That those are all pretty good teams. They are indeed. What's a team not good? Buffalo Bills, I guess. They're not good this year, right? I mean, they've won, what, one more game than the Packers this year? New Orleans Saints, are they good this year? I don't know. We beat them, so they can't be that great. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. Can I I'm continue on what, with the preview of the Lions and things, the Packers what here? Things lo- what things look like and what they are mm-hmm. are two different things. It's not always the same. It's very different things. Uh, rookie Colby Sorsdal. Is coming off a real rough game at left guard. This is who I was talking about before. Uh, their one dude from their starting lineup who isn't playing is their left guard. Can we take advantage of this kid? We need to. He he let like four pressures against the lion. I'm uh, sorry, against the Bears, and that's the Bears. I mean, the Bears suck. We need to take advantage of this kid. I hope uh, hope Wyatt and Brooks and Kenny have a field day against this guy. Um, and then on the flip side, Packers need to have an answer for Sam Laporta. He killed them last time. He has only gotten better since then. Um, the Packers are like 25th 
in defensive DVOA against tight ends. Like it's gonna this Sam Laporta could single handedly make this a bloodbath. We got it. Got to have an answer for him. Got to do it. Uh, Corey, I know you'll like this. This week on our Deion Sanders quote of the week. Oh, it's not just a quote, sir. We got video this week because this is just nice. absolutely, absolutely classic. Roll it. Live up to your expectations. Yeah, yeah, my expectations are out of the darn park. You got to understand, man. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. What's the What's those little foreheads that's in California? What do they call those? The people faces engraved. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. I set up there. It's in where? I thought it was in L.A. all this time. <laughs> wow, my geography. That's the Hollywood thing? I, that's what I thought. I'm sorry. Thank you for educating me. Jesus, South Dakota. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my expectations. I love are that. Jesus, South Dakota. We're all over the map. We're all over the map. I don't know. I feel like I'm tripping. What? What? I happened? was like, all right, let's do it. Let's go. What I know. I was. I was already to go. Um, right. Anyway, I just love Jesus, South Dakota. That was hilarious. Jesus, South Dakota. I knew he was talking about Mount Rushmore right away. Yep. But I don't and understand. Is LA. his expectations in park or is his expectations high? I think he says out of the park. My expectations are oh, out, of the park. out of the park. Meaning they're. Really I was high. like, wait, you yeah. parked your expectation? I got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Um, and the fact that he thought Mount Rushmore was in L.A. is just that's great. an all-time favorite. I, it's so great. It's so great. And I get what he's like, the juxtaposition of the Hollywood sign, right? And then your yeah. mind goes, oh, like that thing, that that's in L.A. Like, no, no, it's Mount Rushmore's in South Dakota. All right, let's go to blogosphere. <laughs> this week in the That's right! It's this week in the Packer Blogosphere, the return of that venerable series. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I have only one thing to say this week. Evan Siegel is the GOAT. The GOAT! Look at this picture pregame from Sunday. Look at that! That's just one of like a hundred phenomenal shots that Evan took on Sunday. Evan Siegel, the official photographer for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, that's like biblical. That's amazing. I, this guy is so good. The Packers are so lucky to have him. Evan Siegel is the GOAT. That's all I I just saw him on Saturday. How's he doing? Good. Got to say hi to him. I got to Very see good. uh I got to see some stuff that not everybody gets to see. I got to see all the new facility for the Green Bay Packers. Ooh, uh, I was ooh. very privileged to be able to take a nice tour and it's pretty it's pretty neat. It's pretty dope. It was a baller. It's pretty cool. The best was I got to meet one of the older equipment gentlemen and I was wearing uh my um I was wearing my like 1960s um throwback uh coach jacket because it had Green Bay Packers embroidered on it. And he right. literally was like looking at. It. After I met him, he kept staring at it, and you could tell that like he was like, because it's 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 a one they sold at the pro shop a couple of years ago. So it's like I can't remember that right. vintage, um, uh, a, a Ness something in Ness, 
Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. They make yeah. like, because I have the Bart Starr throwback jersey. I got the Nitschke one and like they Ness, yep. whatever something in Ness, they make them. But they make them per like what they were and they looked like. And I have this green one. And he was just like, I love that. It was great. He was giving a tour of all the flyover guys. Uh, and it was in the equipment room. Oh, nice. So it was like really, it was really cool, the weight room. And it was just cool. They have this like the facility where they where they have the projection where they do the plays and then the project like you basically line up your eleven against the other eleven, but the eleven is a projection and then it's really cool. It's like a fifty yard line indoor facility that they practice in. I never saw before. It's like it's so right. amazing. And they got and then That's of course dope. we didn't get to see all the coolest stuff. Like obviously we didn't get to go up to where the coaches are and where right. pro personnel is, personnel, but it is right. all where the players come in. There's this awesome, like where they have the four um, Super Bowl trophies, which are they, they apparently oh, yeah. the Packers have two, you get two Super Bowl trophies when you win the, the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. um, one of them is in the hall of fame. Obviously people go in the hall of fame. Right. They've got those tubes that you come at the end of the hall of fame. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. So they put the other four behind this screen, but you don't realize they're there. And then they show this video and it like this like freaking lightning comes. And then you realize the actual Super Bowl trophies are behind the glass of the screen. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so cool. cool. And they put up this graphic that's like 13 world champions. And then they, they light up the, the Super Bowl trophies. It's freaking it's amazing. That sounds dope as shit. Yeah, it was really cool. It's just really cool to like the whole add-on they did, and it was interesting to see it, and you know, it was fun. I mean, it looks and, it looks ex- so expansive and amazing and subterranean. It looks really cool. Yeah, it's way more above ground than I thought. I mean, you know, uh, from what I I thought originally everything was going to be underground, but that's just where the parking garage and stuff is. That's pretty. It goes right. pretty far underground, but um, it was it's really neat. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad they did it. Like, I think the Packers are really happy that they have it, and a lot of people don't realize they have it. I mean, a lot of people see that building, but they don't realize you know right. what it's for. And my understanding is they're going to redo. So where the coaches were, they're going to redo all of that uh, next year, and so they should have like a completely new facility inside a Lambo for all staff by the draft, which is pretty sick. Nice. Well, and that's like the column right behind you, isn't it? Like where Matt's office used to be and like yep. where some yeah. digital yeah. folks are. So behind that. me, yeah, that's what they're, re- they're redoing all of that. But but um, right. yeah, so staff, regular staff still is there. When I say regular staff, like the broadcast staff, marketing, you know, the, yeah, the, yeah, this yeah. Non, right. per, non-scout non and pro personnel, non-football. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I guess they're going to, they're going to basically get that whole area is going to get redone and that's going to be cool. So yeah, they're, nice. they're nonstop. And, and I just found, I saw that, uh, there's a new Mexican restaurant opening in Titletown, which is really exciting, man. Titletown's amazing. It just keeps growing. It's I'm so excited. Cool. It's called Bel Air Cantina. I'm really excited about it. Actually. I hope it's good. There you go. All right. Rock and roll. Um, do you have anything else in blogosphere or, uh, should we get to YouTube? YouTube comments. Well, what do you has Matt LaFleur bought himself another year? What do you think? That's an interesting question. I don't think he needed to. I think my guess is, um, and it's only a guess, that Mark Murphy and the powers that be, which is mostly Mark Murphy, and possibly the executive committee, went into this year knowing that it was going to be hard. And ripping off the band-aid of both Aaron Rodgers and jettisoning so much veteran talent and going so extremely, you know, 
the other direction with the youth, especially on offense, they knew that this was going to be a tough season and they knew Matt would have, you know, kind of up being up against it as far as the salary cap and things like that. Guys who haven't played a lot, etc. I don't ever think he had to buy himself another year. I think, you know, the, the understanding was, okay, we're going to take our lumps this season. Next year we should be in the playoffs. Like I, that's just, again, total guesswork on my part. I mean, two years Sands playoffs. Yeah, it's tough times in Titletown. If you're calling yourself Titletown, yeah, the expectation is you're competing for a title. Two years out of the running, that doesn't sit right. But I think in their mind, I'm not saying this is all, I completely agree with this, but in their mind, this was a necessary kind of evil, so to speak, of a season where, okay, Matt, we know it's going to be tough. You're safe this year. Next year, we're back in the playoffs. That's my guess. Hmm. Okay. I feel so like I don't he bought he, himself like, another year. I just year. don't think he needed to. No, I hear you. Maybe he did. I just maybe I just did. thought it was an interesting question. I, I don't know what I think either way. I think he probably – I mean, I do think he bought himself another year, but I, you're right. You could be right where they're like, okay, well, he gets two years just because we got Jordan and we're cap, we're cap heavy for two years at least, right? Yeah. Yep. That's all I got. All right, so let's uh, hit up some uh, Super Chats, some YouTube comments, as it were. On Culture Barbarian, this week on a special Brandy and the Barbarian, we debate which one of us <laughs> is sicker of Joe Barry's defensive schemes. I predict Brandy will win in round 10. Have a great Thanksgiving, y'all. <laughs> I'm hoping we'll see happy you tomorrow on man. Cultures, but happy Thanksgiving. Eddie Petsky, Block 97, and figure out everything else after that. Word. Yeah. We'll block it's a good gameplay, man. Motion tight end. Uncultured Barbarian. <laughs> I'm calling it now, boys and girls. Tomorrow's bonus jam will be long train running because without love, where would you be now? The wordplay. So impressive. It really is. Thanks, Super Chat. JP, if the pack can pull off one of these next two games, the schedule of the last month of the season doesn't look so bad. Nine wins, seventh seed still possible. JP, with that. Playoffs? Optimism. Joe Mailman, how do you define number one wide receiver? You know, your go-to guy. Your, your guy that you design plays for. The guy where when you need to get a first down, that's the guy. I mean, I would say, you know, Romeo Dobbs in the red zone is a number one wide receiver. There's no doubt about it. That's the guy you're going to. That's the guy you're going to play off of. But other than that, I you know, I don't think there's a guy. I think Jaden right Reed, Reed is getting there. I don't think he's there yet, but he's getting there. He has the but opportunity. But the problem with Jaden Reed, and this is this is, may not happen. I hope it doesn't. You know, he hasn't had a sophomore year yet. Until you've had your sophomore year, we don't know nothing. No, I know. Of course, naturally. Because like that's sophomore why like slump. That's why out. Watson. That's where Watson yep. is right now. Right. He's just no hopefully getting out of his sophomore slump. And no doubt. you know, hopefully, ayahuasca. I totally thought the beer was the hotness, and I was cool with that. <laughs> uh, we made talk up about for the it. hotness. We figured it out. We figured it out. We're good at figuring it out eventually. Marshall Duke, any chance we sign a veteran free agent O lineman? Yeah. Nope. Uh, Not saying zero point zero, but it's close. I think there's a better chance of Joe Barry getting fired this year than there is of us ever <laughs> signing a free agent offensive lineman. That's bold statement. 
but probably Mario true. Lunar not saying they're going to win, but the Lions' defense has been trending as of late, and the Packers' offense have been trending up, in my opinion. So I think you're saying they've been trending down while they've been trending up. Okay. So one of these. One, one of these. I mean, I mean, guys, the injuries, man. It's all about those injuries yeah. for the Packers. Who's going to play? If Reed and I mean, Wicks, like, Wicks are up yeah. tomorrow, I like our chances. If Reed and Wicks both yeah. play tomorrow, I like our chances. Yeah. Ed Pierce, geesh, Corey, remember, it could be raining any given Sunday. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I, I want to address Rick Harris. Rick Harris in the chat reads a slot guy. Antonio Brown started as a slot guy. We have no idea what Reed might become on the field. For your mind, man. Old timer Dave, I like this. Since 2000, the Lions have won only seven games on Thanksgiving. So you're saying there's a I chance. Like I so like it. I like saying there's a chance. Nathan Hooper, going to the game. Don't expect a win, but if they somehow pull it off, it would be historic. So I feel lucky to even get a chance to witness that. Go, Pack, go. Yeah, old, Nathan, you know, there you go. Th- these, these, honestly, Nathan, these are the games that I always love going to. It's that away game where we have no chance because they are pretty incredible. Um, if we pull it out, you'll never forget. Maury's it. been to so a few of those too. I've been a few. I've been to one, a couple, two tree. Uh, Carl Van Beckham, <laughs> thanks for super chat. I think we have a chance tomorrow if our D and O lines play out of their respective minds. It's a tall task, but I'm hopeful. Happy Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, Carl. We I got will you, Carl. see you, Thank you buddy. tomorrow. Thanks for super chat. William Walker with Mark Murphy. I don't think he ever would have or wanted to try to restart at. GM or head coach with one season left under his contract. I agree with that. Will Barry buy himself another year with the easy last few? Probably. Probably. We'll see. It depends on how they look and how they play as far as like their play style. We'll see. Oh, we got, uh, we got Tim Backus, Tim. What's up, Tim? Happy Thanksgiving, my dudes. Happy Thanksgiving, Happy Thanksgiving, Tim. Tim and uh, all, all of all of uh, fellow writers and contributors to Cheesehead TV. I uh, really appreciate everything you guys do. Lambo, Leo, Corey, Jer- Joe Barry is two point five at best on Yelp. Nah, one star. I get one star. <laughs> That's good. That's What's really, really good. funny is all the people trying to troll me about Bratwurst. Like, bro, if you're trying to troll me about Bratwurst, not not here, not here, Joe. I'm not accusing you. Actually, what it was reminding right. me was all of the people on Sunday because I mm-hmm. um, simmer my brats in. Well, I, I cook them in onions and um, butter, and then I simmer them in beer like a normal fucking goddamn human being. And I got a little, a little <laughs> trolled for it. A little, little troll for it. Mike in the in the chat wants to know what's your Thanksgiving dish, your favorite Thanksgiving dish, if you have one. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> no don't bold know. take, huh? I mean, here's the thing: like taking a nice piece of dark meat and then like some really good gravy and mashed potatoes all in one gravy. Bite. Like, Hell yeah, baby! Come on now. Come it's on, ca- you now know you got the language. you got the butter in yes, there, sir. you got the mashies, yes, sir. you got some nice gravy, and then you get the meat and it's roasted God and it's damn, got the smoky making, flavor. Making hungry now. I oh, like that. So you know, good. I'm not getting any of that tomorrow because oh, by the way, I can't go to any Thanksgiving because I'll be terribly producing our show tomorrow. So, 
Um, I my favorite side, uh, my favorite dish is m- uh, my late mother's stuffing, which I am terribly, terribly going to miss tomorrow. I missed it last year, but man, she made the greatest stuffing. She had little bits of sausage in the stuffing, special German sausage. Oh my fucking god! Let me tell you, it was heaven on earth. Um, and thankfully, so my wait, girlfriend's you don't have the recipe. dinner tomorrow. I do. I do. Recipe. My dad has it at my dad has it at his house. And Why I, don't you try to recreate it? I nobody wants me anywhere near a You're kitchen. Such a Thank slacker. You. Nobody. Wants I have me. had point beer, Mike. As a matter of fact, point beer is currently in my beer fridge. So uh, I, I have seen Stephen's it point. in Corey's beer fridge and have had it from Corey's beer fridge. Brandy Berry is the vegan version of brats. Just ain't right. <laughs> That's pretty good. Had to That's say pretty that. good. I mean, is he though? I kind of feel like you know what? If you go to Conops, Joe Berry is one of the flavors that you're like. It's like you know, like uh, I think they had one time they had. Um, did they have uh, like like well marshmallow? They had marshmallow and um, like s'mores. They had s'mores brats one time. Joe Berry's s'mores mm. brats. God, that sounds disgusting. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Don't ever say that in my presence again. I'll, I might hurl. That's awful. Yeah, s'mores brats? Oh, yeah, I think they had that one time. And you know what's funny about Conops, though? Here's the thing. I could tell you the craziest flavors that you probably don't like, but then when you mm-hmm. actually have the brat, you're like, mm, that's a good brat. That's how great mm-hmm. Conops is. Like no, they, make, they are great. I'm telling great. you right now, they make shitty flavors taste good. I'm telling you right now. It's just... That's what they do. All right. They wow you. I don't doubt also, it. I do also, doubt you it. know, one of the greatest, one, I, I, honestly, like, I, I, I honestly think Campfire Wieners could be better than a brat in some, in sometimes. Jesus, so, Banky. You said it into a microphone. People can see and hear you. I know, I know people for a fact that will take a Conop, <sighs> will take a Conop Campfire Wiener over a Conop brat. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, they're actually like chefs and stuff. It's crazy. They should, they should seek help. Iram442, I'm feeling good about tomorrow. Maybe it's the whiskey. Go pack. Go. Outstanding. Outstanding. How do I love love Joe Barry? Oh, speaking of pumpkin pie, you guys. Okay. Somebody said it's pumpkin (laughs) pie. Here's what's crazy, okay? I don't understand how I love Joe Barry. Here's what's insane, okay? Most people have never had actual roast pumpkin pie, okay? So I grew five luxury – so literally the seed was called luxury pie. So I was like, oh, clearly I need to, like, grow this, right? So I was able to get five pumpkins out of it, and oh, my goodness. Our whole lives, we've been we've been misled with canned pumpkin pie. No one actually makes fresh pumpkin pie. So you basically, you take the pumpkins out, you take the seeds, which is great. Then you roast the seeds. Seeds are amazing, which everybody knows about, right? Oh, so then I you take that. the yeah. pumpkin, right? And then you roast it for like 45 minutes, right? And then you put it into a pumpkin pie. And I'm, telling, I'm here to tell you right now, it is the most amazing <laughs> thing I've ever had in my life. Like we've been misled our whole entire lives with canned pumpkin pie we really have everyone most people in their lives have it's like the matrix dude it's like it's like waking up from the in the matrix and you got all the things around you and you're like oh my god i'm a battery that's the moment when you have fresh pumpkin pie seriously i'm not even joking not joking god you're making me so damn hungry man this is I mean, it's William great, Walker, but... thanks for the super chat. I know you guys hate hypotheticals, so sorry. If Vrabel Soleil 
Sala, sorry, both lost their jobs as head coach this season. Would you prefer at defensive coordinator if we're in the market or other like our DB coach? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I want I mean, Sala. If Sala gets if canned, Robert's I want Sala, him on yeah. the first he's thing smoking to Green Bay. Let's go. I don't you, think he's getting canned. Yeah. They're they're going to give him another year, and they're going to go, oh, this time with Rodgers, and that, they'll be on their way. But if it happens, yeah, I want him in Green Bay like as fast as possible. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we're talking hypotheticals. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, uh, but that would be great. I don't think it is either. That would be awesome. It'd be amazing. Uh, let's give a shout out to our Patreon members, shall we? Cheesehead TV Patreon, folks. You guys are the bomb.com. You're the lifeblood of everything we do here at Cheesehead TV. We literally cannot exist without you. Thank you so much for your support. We really, obviously, greatly appreciate it. And you. Thank you. Uh, as well as our Carry the G Club members here on YouTube. You guys talk about a growing community. They're, we, we're getting more uh, Carry the G Club members pretty much daily at this point uh really appreciate the support everything you do for the channel thank you so so much and uh let's give a shout out to patreon and carry the g club members for those of you who all will be in the area next week uh for the chiefs game we have our annual meetup at there at title town right across the way in aaron's hill right in the uh kind of the bowels there overlooking lambeau field in title town it's a lot of fun the information is on the community page here on YouTube and on the Patreon page next Saturday afternoon. It's going to be a lot of fun. Shout out to Charlene, who has basically put this together for the last three years. She is amazing. Um, Patreon member extraordinaire. And then the following week, if you're in the New York City area, uh, come on out Sunday night, December 10th, the night before the Giants game. I'll be down at Kettle of Fish in the Village. And after I booked this, Literally, the Packers have Mark Murphy showing up at Kettle of Fish at 6.30. So Mark Murphy will be the opening act for the New York City Cheesehead TV meetup. And uh, I think let the what record be reflect, funny, we were there first. I think what would be funny, so Mark Murphy was the only Packers employee that didn't know me when I when walked right by me. Just walked right by me. Yeah. So I think, I'm not surprised, right? And it's fine, but I'm just saying the only one. I saw a hundred Packer employees, I think, on Saturday, and he was the only. Here's one. Here's the other thing, Corey. I, I you know, you, you mentioned nice that before. I will say this: I know Mark Murphy knows who I am, and he has walked by me several times without saying. I think a Mark word. Murphy so thinks I'm Tom Grossi. Like... I think Mark Murphy thinks I'm Tom <laughs> Grossi. Really, I seriously. I've, I, Tom actually told me that one time. He actually, yeah, it's a funny story. Also, on cultured barbarian. <laughs> Uh, with a with a late super chat, I'm old Corey and grew up out in the sticks. I've had more roasted things than you could believe. Okay, I believe you. I believe you. Also, he Soder is drinking uh, Oshkosh Lager. You want to talk about trash? Wow. Oh my God, you want to talk about a bad trash. beer? Wow, that That's is terrible. Beer. I thought it was going to be good. Another beer. I was like so excited, but it is. I was just going to say another beer I had in your beer fridge. Like that is it's not a good bad. Beer. You're like, ooh, Oshkosh Lager. I love. I know. Oshkosh, I was very excited. No, uh, no, that's a no. no. Not good. No, and also Nagler nope. neglected to mention, but next Saturday, and we don't have a graphic for this, but we will. We uh, don't next, because I don't have any information. Saturday, bank. I gave you the information. 
I gave you everything, and I'm going to give them to them right now. 12 to 2, we are having a tasting at Ridgeview Liquor before the Patreon happy hour. Let's Uh, go! We will be be having tasting sampling at Ridgeview Liquor on Ridge Road, just outside of Lambeau, of Carrie the G, requested by the owner of Ridgeview Liquor. Uh, because so many of you go there to buy it, and uh, highly recommend doing so. By the way, they have a, an amazing stand uh, with a nice cooler of Carry the G. So, so cool. you know, Saturday, yeah. if you want to hang out with us, you basically know where we're gonna be. So where um, we're gonna be? I'm a little bit scared of letting everybody know that, but uh, yes, Nagler <laughs> will be in Green Bay. Uh, he'll be in Green I'll Bay there. next week, and uh, you know, we'll, hopefully, we've invited Taylor to uh, come to uh, Taste Carry the G at Ridgeview and to the, the meetup, so we'll see what she says. He's got it. See if she shows up. Out. He's got to come we'll out. It 100% has to come out. Cannot wait. Um, you got anything else for the uh, fine folks out there, Banky, or are you ready to wrap it up? No, let's. Uh, I, we got some exciting news we can possibly say next week, but I'm, I'm just going to tease that out there, some very, very exciting news for Carrie the G that we're going to find out about very next close. week as well. Very close. But uh, to announce that I'm very excited to announce. But, no, uh, have a happy Thanksgiving, and we will see you on the watch party tomorrow morning, and hopefully I only have, like, four mistakes the entire time of three hours. That'll do it for this episode of Packer Transplants. We'd like to thank everyone who makes Cheesehead TV part of their daily Packers routine. We are and will always be devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide i think it's a fluid situation and we're, we're i know you guys love it especially nagler i can see you smirking at me right there uh we're gonna take it one day at a time and uh <laughs> and just it's gonna be fluid though that's all i can tell you 